1: A Christ
2: follower can directly or indirectly block the lost from finding the way to God. I mean, to be very honest, I'm sure most of us in here that are followers of Christ don't consciously try to keep people from finding the way. We would never do that. And yet sometimes we are actually guilty of sometimes directly doing this.
0: Could it be that you have indirectly steered others away from the path that leads to the Lord? Today, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to consider how their actions and words might influence others for Christ. As a labeled Christ follower, people are going to watch and remember you and make their own judgments about who God is. Whether directly or indirectly, we can easily sway whether people choose the way of the Lord or not we must be very careful to consider how our actions represent Jesus and that we live in a way which would invite others to Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, Talk the Talk, Walk the Walk.
1: Talk the talk
2: and walk the walk. Matthew 23 will be our second verse. The first verse is John 14, verse 6. Simply understand this. A key responsibility and privilege of every Christ follower is to make God known. To make God known. How do we do that? How does that look? What is that? So if I have to make God known, there's some interesting principles about the good news. You know them if you're a Christian. If you're not, you really probably don't. And so we're going to talk about that today. If you look at John fourteen six, this is a definition of the good news. Notice, Jesus answered, I am the way. That's the part of the verse we're going to focus on this morning. I am the way, Jesus said, and the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So if I have love in action, if that's taking place in my life, I'm going to help other people find their way to God. Now to get to God they have to go through Jesus. Now, that's not a popular thing today. It's certainly not something that uh, even many churches now would deny. And they would say that all roads lead to God. Well, that's not at all what the scripture says. There is if I'm going to introduce people to God, obviously the first step of that is introduce them to the person of Jesus Christ that can take care of their sin. Our world, especially our government, the unbelieving part of our government, is in the process and have done a very good job of rewriting Christian history in America. And so you'll hear things like today, our forefathers had nothing to do with God. They didn't believe in God. There wasn't anything with Christianity that had any part of the foundation of our country. That's 100% wrong. But see, when you rewrite it, And then the next generation doesn't know. They believe what? They believe the rewritten history. I want you to follow me. If I'm to introduce people to God, let's see if you remember anything already. If I'm to introduce people to God, what's the first person I have to introduce them to? Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at the barriers that we can put up, watch me, to keep people from getting to who? Who? to the cross, to Jesus. Jesus is central to everything we do. You take Jesus out of the message of the good news, there is no good news. So we're going to look at these barriers and see how in the world all of this works. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 23. We'll do just a couple of the verses in this passage and then next week finish that. Matthew 23. Let me bring you up to where we were. Jesus has just... Finish answering lots of questions from the religious leaders. Now it's his turn. And he's pretty bold because he's just days from going to the cross. And he sees all these barriers that are keeping people from accepting him. And he begins to address it with the religious leaders. And he explains to the crowd and his disciples what these barriers look like. Verse 1, then Jesus said to the crowds and his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, the seat of authority, the seat of supposedly truth. Look at verse 3, so you must obey them and do everything they tell you, if that Was a period and that was the end. There was no more. That would be pretty explainable. But look at this. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Jesus says, Well, it'd be nice to follow your religious leaders and walk the walk and talk the talk. But you can listen to what they say, but don't look at their life because they're not walking the walk and they're really not talking the talk. Skip on down to verse 13. This is the first of the woes that we'll cover as we move through chapter 23. Now Jesus turns from talking about them and he addresses them. Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the kingdom of heaven... In men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those who enter, those enter who are trying to. The New Living Translation says this What sorrow awaits you, teachers of the religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites. For you shut the door, you put a barrier in front of the kingdom of heaven, right in people's faces. And you won't go in yourselves. In other words, you're never going to get to heaven. And because of your lifestyle, you're keeping other people from entering the kingdom of God or heaven. Jesus says to the religious leaders, you're supposed to be, watch this, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be a gateway to God. You're supposed to lead people to God. But what you do is actually put a barrier and people can't get to God. How could we be a barrier when we're really supposed to show them the path by them simply following us? We're going to give you five of those today. I want to talk to you this morning about five barriers. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. You're in Matthew. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Notice she said, quit telling me about love. Show me what it looks like. That's what we tried to say to you. Love in action. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd... Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, here was the barrier, but the workers are few. Here's the solution. Ask the Lord of the harvest, God, therefore, in other words, pray to God, to send out more workers into His field. Jesus was in the marketplace where the people were. He was there and he taught the word of God. He preached the word. He supernaturally healed the sick. He knew it wasn't enough just to be there. He began to interact with these people. Before we go through these five today that affect you and affect me, understand this opening statement. It's truth for all of us. A Christ follower can directly or indirectly block the lost from finding the way to God. I mean, to be very honest, I'm sure most of us in here that are followers of Christ don't consciously try to keep people from finding the way. We would never do that. And yet sometimes we are actually guilty of sometimes directly doing this. Not indirectly, that happens as well. So here's the first barrier that I'd like you to document in your notes today. Number one, what's the barrier? Not enough Christ followers sharing the good news. In other words, there's not enough of you that actually do... What Jesus said to do, go into all the world and share the gospel. There's not enough. There's many Christ followers, but there's not enough that are sharing the gospel. Notice Jesus said the harvest is ripe. It's ready. This girl said, I'm ready to hear. Will you tell me? When's it going to happen? When are you actually going to show me by your life that you care? Notice the problem that Jesus had is the same problem we have today. There was nothing wrong with the harvest. There was lots of people that needed to hear, wanted to hear, but there weren't enough people sharing from their lives, from their mouths. Who will tell everyone in the world how to get to God? When will that happen? What is the solution? So Jesus said, the problem is there's too few Followers that have that heart for the lost. So what does he do? He's reproducing himself into 12 men who will be the foundation of the early church. They would get it. They would see it. They would see his heart. Our goal today is to do the same thing. My goal this morning is to remind you and to remind me that I have a responsibility to take the good news to every person God opens a door in my life. You have that responsibility. When we don't do it, we block people from getting to God. The reason that we're not turning our towns upside down like you see in the Bible is because too few of us see the open doors and actually indirectly block people from getting to the kingdom of God. When Jesus put that statement forth for praying, and we're going to do that at the end of the service today, notice Romans 10. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How will the people hear? She's saying, when will it happen? Unless you and I, in this room, understand it. I'm trying, in a sense, to reproduce myself in you. The good parts of me. I don't want to reproduce the bad parts. God's still at work in me. But I'm trying to get you to understand today, when you leave this building, do you remember what she said? I'm going to read it to you now. I'm going to read it to you later. I wrote it down. What are you going to do, she said, when you leave this building? Is it going to be the same as always? Nice sermon, Pastor Mark. Wow, great. Man, that was impacting. No, no. What are you going to do when you leave the building? Will it have changed us? Will it have opened our eyes? Will we see that very often this is not the unbelievers blocking, this is the believers blocking people to Christ? And I want to challenge you today that really, probably the number one thing that's keeping people from coming to Christ, finding the way, is you and me. It's just simple fact. Paul says, how in the world are they going to hear this? somebody's feet takes it to them? And very often our feet are doing everything but that which God directs. Look back at verse 36. You're right there in Matthew 9. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. They looked like sheep without a shepherd. Here's barrier number two. Please write it down this morning. Barrier number two for a Christ follower No compassion, no heart for the lost. You see, when Jesus looked out, he had compassion. He had feelings. He saw them. I know this has happened to you. You're driving in a street. It doesn't matter where, in some town. You may be with your wife or a friend or somebody. And you look out, and you're stopped at a corner, and you see this dog on the side of the road. Tongue hanging out, looks disheveled, fearful, jumpy. What do you know has happened to that dog already? He's what? He's lost. If you're an animal lover, when you see that dog, what happens in your heart? If you're an animal lover, do you have compassion for that dog? Yes. In fact, you know what some of you do that are real animal lovers? You put that dog in your what? In your car and you hope there's a a number you can call to the owner and the owner's going to go, oh, thank you. Or you take it to the pound and and just say, please, this dog's going to get killed in traffic. I'm an animal lover. Do you know that if I'm not careful, I'll have more compassion for a lost dog than for a lost person? Could that be? Could that be? Yes. See, when Jesus looked out, he just didn't go, hey, nice crowd today. He looked at the individual faces of those people. They were harassed. They were helpless. If you know anything about sheep, sheep have to have a shepherd. Otherwise, they'll be lost. They'll be killed. The wolves come. The bears come. They fall off cliffs. Jesus looked and he went, These people don't have a shepherd. They're lost. Nobody cares for them. Could it be that the reason we're a barrier to the people is we've forgotten what it was when we were lost? Could it be that you and I have forgotten what it's like when we were helpless, some stronghold in our life, our life falling apart? Could it be that we've forgotten when we were like that? You see, all of us were like that. Could it be that you and I have forgotten what the consequences of remaining lost are? Many of the people that are around us have no answer. They, they, they've tried everything the world gives them and there's absolutely nothing. Remember, every person born is on a quest they're trying. They they know there's something after the. They're trying to get to somewhere. Could it be that we never see them as harassed? We never see them spiritually. We see them in a secular eye when we look at people. We go, they got two cars. They got a nice home. They got three kids. They're in the little league se- session across the street. They're educated. They have everything they need. They eat at fancy restaurants. Man, they're, they're, they've got it made. No, they don't. And that, not spiritually, they don't. And the real part of us is always spiritual. Guys, don't forget where we've come from. We were those sheep that were harassed and helpless. Number three. Number three barrier. Christ followers isolate themselves from the lost. Sometimes we do care, we do know, but we're just not around them. When you leave this building, will you ever interact with the lost? Not only was Jesus aware of people's needs, but he met them where they lived. He simply loved to be around people, especially the lost. He was there for them. So be careful that when we leave this building, we just don't think about when the next church service is. But we think about where the lost are. Jesus was among them. When I thought of that, number three, we isolate ourselves from the lost. I thought of what Jesus challenges us with. You see it here in Matthew. It's on the screen. You are the salt, speaking of you. You are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world like a city on the hill that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Your light, a husband and a wife that love God, is a bright light. And we live in dark neighborhoods. You see, if we have a healthy marriage, we're a light. We're a... An abnormal couple in our world today. But what causes the problem? The divorce rate in the church is the same as the divorce rate in the world. So the light isn't there. Why would they ever knock on our door when there's no difference in my home with my relationship with my wife and then theirs? You see, light is effective in a dark place. That's why I have to be around dark places. Then Jesus says, you need to be the salt do you know that salt is useless unless it comes in contact with what it needs to do? You live in Florida. You know how it is. You go out to a restaurant, you have a a piece of meat or something and whatever, and a little fish, and it needs just a little bit of salt. And you take the salt shaker and you do what? And you live in Florida. That should be a clue to you. What happens in Florida to the salt? It gets all what? It's all wet. And or when you do it, the only thing that's left in there is the rice that they put in to try to dry out the salt. So you're going like this, and and you can't get the salt onto your piece of fish or food. Nice to have salt shaker. If it can't get the salt to what it needs to do, it's useless. Pepper wrote a great book called Out of the Salt Shaker. You see, the church, the church. You're a salt shaker this morning. The problem with the church. Is the salt shaker has salt in it, but it remains in the shaker. You see, we have to die to self and get involved with people. Light has to be around dark. Salt has to be around something to change the flavor. You and I have to be there. You know, in some ways, it's easier to be salt and light overseas than it is next door in our neighborhoods. And I want to remind you of a verse, Acts eight. It says we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel, that's you and me. But it says you're to start in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is your home base.
0: How might I be limiting or prohibiting the hearts of the lost from coming to Christ? Today, Pastor Mark challenged every listener to ask this question of themselves. Through the use of common barriers, he showed how many Christ followers are failing to put love into action towards those in need. Are your actions blocking or assisting the lost in finding the way to God? Our primary purpose in life is to love God, which includes loving others. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living, To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Oftentimes, as believers, we can forget the simplicity of the gospel, especially when we're faced with the choice to share it with others. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will help listeners to see that the primary, simple goal in evangelism is to get people to Jesus. He is the way to God. There are many lost people in this world who are clueless about how to do life right, so we must have a heart to help them. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.
1: In a herd